Welcome to the Free From Wall Street Podcast, where we talk about how to create, preserve, preserve, and pass on generational wealth without the roller coaster ride of the stock market. And now, here's your host, Stephen Libman, managing partner of Integrity Holdings Group. Welcome back to the Free From Wall Street podcast. We got Paul and Dave with us today. Thanks guys for joining me. Really excited about this episode. We're gonna be talking about some different ways to use insurance policies than how you're taught. You know, I always go back to the Dave Ramsey. He always teaches people to do term life and invest the rest if you were to compare term versus whole. And it's because he has no idea about this strategy or it's too complex for him to really get into. So. I personally utilize this strategy. These brilliant guys do the strategy as well with their own families. And I know a ton of very successful millionaires that everybody is doing this. So thanks again for joining us, guys. How you doing? Hey, good. Good to see you again, Stephen. It's been yeah, a while. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for having us, man. My pleasure. I'm excited. So I met Dave in our single family mastermind a couple years back. We've been to Costa Rica together. We've done some fun stuff. And... Now we're not in the residential game at all. So we've shifted into commercial uh, full time and Dave went back to his passion, which is flying airplanes. And we're trying to figure out how to create some real generational wealth. So let's just dive right into it. Give me the tops of the waves of this strategy that you guys are able to implement for people. Well, so it started with me about 10 years ago, actually. Somebody introduced this to me, somebody who you know, lost a lot of their wealth during the 2008 crash. And they were searching for a better way to, to build their wealth and control their wealth, more importantly. And he stumbled upon infinite banking. So the infinite banking concept, which was popularized by Nelson Nash. And he introduced it to me in 2010. And after figuring it out, you know, the light bulb goes off and I'm like, this is it. You know, there's no better, there's no better place to store my money and grow my capital while at the same time being able to leverage it and put it to work, paying off debt making big purchases or investing uh, then inside a dividend paying whole life insurance policy. So I've been doing that for 10 years. Got one on everybody in my family and you know, the policies are efficient now. And I, I've used them for anything from uh, development investments to uh, purchasing vehicles to uh, doing my first flip actually. Okay. Back in 2016, I believe did my first flip 2017, maybe. Um, so the name of the book that Nelson Nash wrote is, is becoming, becoming your, your own banker. banker. So becoming your own banker. I have this book. It's been updated and revised a few times. And what I love about this strategy is if you haven't done this in your own life, you should go and find an interest calculator. And you should take a look at not only what you pay for your house, but what you pay for your cars and what you pay on your credit cards and analyze all of this and then multiply it by a lifetime of interest, right? People give banks millions of dollars in interest so that they can buy a house, so that they can buy a car, so that they can pay 17.99% on their credit card. So there's some calculators online that you can go to and figure out what's my lifetime interest that I've paid. And the concept is now you start to utilize these dividend paying policies where you become the bank, right? That's the name of the book, becoming your own banker. So you become your own bank. Now you could borrow from yourself and in essence pay yourself back that plus if you want to pay yourself interest, right, you can kind of accelerate those policies with some paid up additions riders. But I think this is getting too granular. So go, let's go back. Infinite banking concept, R. Nelson Nash, becoming your own banker. Who is doing this? 
why should I do this? Who's credible that's out there that's using this type of strategy? Okay, well, I mean, it's been used for hundreds of years, actually. Uh, maybe you've heard of John D. Rockefeller. I know those guys. Yeah, yeah, I've probably heard his name. Yeah, maybe um, Walt Disney. Walt Disney, J.C. Penney. Yeah. Uh, a lot of current politicians today. And one of the biggest customers are banks. Banks have billions, like billions with a B in dividend paying, whole life insurance, uh, cash value. They, banks see the value in it. And if the banks see it, then that might ought to tip you off that that's uh, probably something you should look into. So why is this different than being able to do a whole life policy versus what Dave Ramsey is telling everybody, which is get a cheap term life, 20 year, and then pay the minimum that you can on a death benefit versus doing it this way? Because I think a lot of people miss this concept. I think he gets into some pretty bad assumptions where he says, hey, you know, if you buy this mutual fund or index funded dollar cost average over the next 40 years, you'll get 10 to 12 percent. And we know with just a little bit of research that- Which is that, untrue, right? That's, it's, it's untrue. It's dollar cost untrue. averaging is between six and 7% over the last 40 years of the S&P. And that's, and that's before fees. And taxes. Before fees, before taxes, and right. doesn't calculate volatility into that. It does another, not. Another great calculator that you should go look at is a volatility calculator, because if you have 100 grand and you lose 20% of that, you're down to 80, which means you have to earn 25% to get back to zero. The cost of volatility and the word dollar cost averaging, it, it makes me shudder because <laughs> people make it feel warm and fuzzy, but that's, it's costing you your retirement. That's what we're taught though. You know, that especially, uh, you know, being a military guy, that's where I started investing was in the stock market through, you know, managed mutual funds mostly. And that's what they taught us. Hey, put the same amount in month after month, year after year, and eventually you'll, you'll have this. And you know, I've done the math and it's been like 5% on yep. something that is heavily S&P 500. It's just I'm not as some, good as people think. I'm in some retirement Facebook groups, right? Just because I'd tell people how we're doing our retirement and it also gets some interested parties to reach out. But the overwhelming response to the volatility that's going on right now is don't look at it. Yeah, I'm, it I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Yeah. People are typing this out every day. Don't look at it. Just leave it alone. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. And I'm like, I don't think these people are even recognizing that they're saying that hope is their strategy. Yeah, probably and hopeful are the two most commonly used terms with that kind of strategy. Right. When my dad passed away six years ago, he lost about half of his wealth in the stock market and didn't get to ride it back up. So unless you have a crystal ball that knows exactly when the market is going to do what and how long you're going to live or exactly when you're going to retire, this is not a healthy strategy. I think you get accustomed to hearing that though, because that's what people with all these little acronyms behind their name and on the signature blocks in their email, they tell you that that's, this is the way it is done. And you don't know, you're like, okay, they're the expert, take my money. Uh, and it's, it's very unfortunate. It took me, you know, I didn't stumble upon IBC and I have, I have Dave to thank for it until I was 38 years old. And I wish I had been 23. It's unfortunate, but well, so how about this? I started policies on my kids. My six-year-old now, we put a $13,000 paid up addition rider into her policy, which now she turned around and put it into a storage facility that we built. On our YouTube channel, there's a great uh, video, Millionaire Kids, and it breaks out the compound interest at compounding every five years, which is our typical life of a deal, when she'll be a millionaire with that $13,000, and she'll be 36. I wish we all had the knowledge before that we do now, but now 
it's you got to share the good news, right? It's like the gospel of financial. Yeah. And those numbers are based on certainty. They're not based on probability. Uh, and I think that's what life insurance really brings to the picture is it's economic certainty. And when you retire, don't, I, I would never take any risk with your essential expenses in retirement. You know, you're going to need living expenses that are essential. If sure. you want to take a risk, once you have those established, and you can do that through uh, probably a variety of products, life insurance is the one I focus on because I think it's the most efficient and effective product during your lifetime. Because what's your biggest need for money? It's not retirement. It's to use right now, always at any certain point in time, the most important need you have for money is the ability to use it. And when you can't access that money, when it's locked up and it takes a, a, a literal act of Congress for you to go in and access money that you put somewhere, there's, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. So this is why I wanted to have these guys on right now, because the government through this COVID crisis did just allow people to go in and take I think it's up to a hundred grand out of their retirement accounts and do kind of what they will with it. Now, if you are still working or you still have a nest egg and you don't need access to that money, take it anyway, stuff it into one of these policies. Right. And then how do I access it? Like I can't access my 401k, but how can I do it through these policies? Yeah. So, and I'm considering doing this is uh, it's all about control, right? Who can better control my wealth? Someone, a money babysitter is, I guess, what, what I would call them, or, or me. And I've, and I've already proven in the private lending game that it's me. So yeah, you would, you would stuff this money into a policy in a SPUA and then leverage it within days through a policy loan, which is, so, they call it a policy loan, but it's more like a line of credit if you're familiar with those. So the SPUA is a paid up additions rider that you put on top. So I want to make it really clear here that not every insurance agent is able to do this. I mean, they are, but they don't know how, right? So this I'd, I'd go a step further and say probably 95% of them do not know how to do this. So you have to make sure you're, you're working with somebody who knows, who's been trained right. on how to set up an infinite right. banking policy to work in their favor. Yeah, because you can't run models unless you know how to do this. So what I like about it is I can sit down with you guys give you all my information, tell you what I think I can put in a paid up additions rider in year one. And you can kind of show me what retirement looks like, right? By how much I can add every year, by how much I need to pay in policy premiums, right? And then also these dividend paying policies and what the average is, like I'm with Penn Mutual. Where do you guys have yours? I've got Lafayette, Lafayette and Mass Mutual, but we both, so, right? Predominantly for Lafayette. And I mean, I think you can go back a hundred years and see that the dividend has never fallen below like 5% or something. Yeah. Right? 115 straight years of paying a dividend, guaranteed cash value increases. Uh, the dividend's not guaranteed, but it's paid out every year for 115 straight years. And all that money grows if you use it properly, access the policy like it's supposed to be utilized, it grows tax-free. So and you'll never if I pay claim any taxes on those dollars again. And if I claim bankruptcy, it doesn't get protected. included. Protected then, from creditors. So yeah. this is a big deal when you talk about asset protection, right? I own thousands of units of multifamily and now somebody slips, falls, breaks something and they want to come after me, right? They can't yeah. because this money is sitting inside of a, an asset that the government doesn't allow you to include in any lawsuits or bankruptcy filings or whatever. So as you're building wealth, it's important to put it into one of these things that can't just be wiped out all of a sudden. Absolutely. I realize that that goes state by state. Some states are a little different. Like my state, Minnesota, only a certain portion of that cash value is protected. So you may have to set up something like a trust. Okay. Uh, put the policy in a trust so that it can't be accessed. But 
yeah, in general, that money is protected from creditors and bankruptcy. This is a big deal too for business owners because like I can't pay my, like we like to do Roth IRAs because it grows tax-free. Well, this is a double benefit, right? I'm getting the dividend paying policy to carry, I think by year seven, my dividend pays my premium for all intents and purposes. And then I can borrow that money from myself and I can do whatever I want with it. In your 401k or your self-directed IRA, you can't do that, right? I can't go and borrow my own money in my retirement plan and flip a house. It's called an arm's length transaction. Arm's length transaction. That's right. So it blows it up and unravels your your IRAs and your 401ks. So this gives me the access to use my money for what I want it for and go and buy apartment buildings or go and flip houses or whatever I want to do, right? Which is, again, going back to that control factor, which is really why I wanted to get involved with this too. Yep. I think... You know, and Dave's got a great four and a half minute video illustrating this, but basically you could do all those things. You could still make those annual contributions to or to Roth IRAs. You would just pass that cash through your policies first, through your premium and PUA, and then deploy it to that IRA. So now you're now you have your dollars, those same dollars doing multiple jobs for you. And and just to be as point of clarification for everyone who doesn't know, when you borrow you're borrowing against your policy's cash value, not from yourself necessarily. You're borrowing, a, you're, they're basically collateralizing, the life insurance company is collateralizing that cash value inside your policy, and then you deploy it to that opportunity. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a key point. Borrow. Yeah, it's a key point because that's how you get uninterrupted compound growth for life. Because every dollar you put in there that shows up in cash value, it never comes out because you're not actually taking that money out, you're taking the insurance company's money and leveraging, yeah, collateralizing the cash that you have in there, so. And you're yeah. borrowing that, or that loan is leveraged at what percent rate, typically? It depends on the company. Between, generally, I think, Dave, we've probably seen between four and 6%. I know right now, the policy loans that I have out on, against my policies are at 5%. But again, it's a simple interest loan. And again, it's more similar to an interest-only HELOC, I would say, than it is a loan. They call it a policy loan, right. but it, is, it functions like a line of credit, as you, as you well know. Yeah, so I mean, I have four loans out currently, and they're all growing in self-storage and multifamily facilities. Yep, so, that's brilliant. And is anybody knocking on your door saying, hey, pay me my loan back? No. no. Actually, I they're just not. paid my premium, which was, it's pricey, right? I mean, I have almost $5 million worth of policies on myself. So it was like 12 or 13 grand and it had a line item in the, on the thing and it said loan, outstanding loan, 50,000. And it gave a suggested payment amount. I just unclicked that box. I didn't pay myself back. Yeah. Now to be a good banker, you probably should, but these deals that we're in right now, they're not cash flowing heavy when they do. I'll and you will take pay that. Back. I will pay myself back. And, yeah. but I get to do it on my timeline, which is exactly on your amazing. terms. So. That's control. I mean, that's true. That's true freedom to be able to do what you want with your dollars. Dave will tell you that's, Stephen, that's one of the first questions that I got that question today from a potential client is what are the loan terms? When do I pay back the loans? And what, what, you know, is it five years? I was like, it's when you want. Mm -hmm. You manage this asset. It's it's yours. And then I get asked the question. You don't pay it back. What happens? (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Well, eventually you'll die. At some point and you get a death benefit. And they're just going to, anything you haven't paid back comes out of that death benefit. Yep. So So I have about $150,000 in loans out. My policies will pay out 4.9 million. uh, That's my death benefit. So as of today, if I were to get into a car crash and die, 
4.9 million minus the 150 that I have out would be what goes to my family. Exactly, I'll take it. Right? Yeah. Not only tax, is she going to take it, but she's going to probably give it to my business partner to go put it somewhere that's making 10 to 12% and live off just the interest and then pass it to my grandkids. You know, yeah. it's just or set up a trust and make it generational. So you never like the Rockefellers, you never run out of money ever. Yeah. So, and yeah. so tell me the story about the Rockefellers, how they use this. Uh, Cause I think I know the story, but I, I think you guys probably tell it better. Uh, well, I think we both read the book. So Paul, correct me if I, if I get anything mm -hmm. wrong or leave something sure. out, but the short of it is every time a Rockefeller is born, a dividend paying cash value, whole life insurance policy is purchased on that person. And it's owned by the Rockefeller Trust. Now, throughout their lives, you know, they have a lot of cash value in all of these policies that they have inside the trust. And you can go as a family member, go to the trust and say, I know I want to borrow $40,000 for college. They let you borrow it. You have to pay it back. But guess what? If you fall on hard times, you don't pay it back. Eventually, the trust is going to get paid back when you die and get paid back in spades. Yeah. So that yep. you literally never run out of money. And they let a people of these, start businesses with this, right? They, you can kind of go to the trust. Are, and, are fed, yeah, they love this. They eat yeah. this up because business owners get it right away. Yep. They understand cash flow and need, yeah. need for it. So, I mean, my wife just asked me, you know, in this COVID crisis, she said, well, how are we, right? Like, how are we doing? Like, where's our liquidity at? Because everybody being liquid is being free and, and comfortable right now. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, we don't have a ton of cash on hand. I said, but we still have a couple hundred grand in the life insurance policies if we need it. And yep. that was just, man, that's a level of peace that I've never had before in my life that I could just look at it and go, whew, we're going to make it through no matter what, right? Like we have liquidity and access to liquidity like I've never had before. So that was, um, it's great. I love the double dipping idea of it too, right? It's still got my death benefit over here for my family. God forbid something happens, but it's also working in my business buying apartment complexes. Yeah. And it's you brilliant. Up, yeah. You brought up something there that, you know, from a, a first person perspective, I've gone through this in my life where in 2014, I got out of active duty air force. I was an air force pilot for 12 years and transitioned to corporate America. Well, uh, there's a lot of unknowns when you do that. You kind of leave the, the Uncle Sam nest, if you will, right. the safety nest, the cocoon, and uh, you venture out into the great wide open. I'm still uh, in it. Yeah, you're still there, but you're, <laughs> you're still in. you'll be out soon. So a lot of guys go through that transition. Guys and gals go through that transition, and it's scary. But I had a lot of cash in my life insurance policies that if I needed to dip into it, it was there. Two years later, I transitioned to becoming my own business owner. Right? I had a business partner. We started flipping houses full time and I took a massive pay cut, but that's okay. Cause I had cash. I had the freedom to do that. And then two years after that, I decided I wanted to get back into flying and then pursue infinite banking as a actual business. Yeah. Um, and took yet another pay cut and now I'm flying and I'm doing infinite banking and I'm loving it. I'm, I'm making less than I was making, you know, as a pilot right now in my first year than I was leaving the air force six years ago but I'm happier and I have the security that if I need to dip into that money, it's there. Yeah. I think, you know, the free from wall street podcast is obviously about different alternatives and things that you can get, but really on a deeper level, why we all want financial freedom and why we want that security is really, I mean, it gives you a level of peace in life, right? You can go do what makes you happy. You can take pay cuts, but you are still going to take care of your family. You're still going to take care of your kids, still going to yep. take care of yourself. Right. And it gives you that level of peace of saying, well, if 
things go wrong and they will not if like they will go wrong yep. and you will need a security blanket. So these are good ways to insulate yourself and give yourself that protection and that peace. Absolutely. I, a lot of that speaks to, speaks to what uh, Dave and I always talk about, but it's, it's one of those things where this strategy, it allows you to live and it allows you to go do those things that you otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to do. And again, I just, you know, Dave and I sat next to each other in Afghanistan in 2013 for like six months and not once did he mention infinite banking or any yeah, of Yeah, I'm stuff. so sorry I did, man. And, uh, <laughs> I owe you a beer for that. Because what, uh, you know, full disclosure, I was Dave's first client and I was, I was glad to do it. And then uh, I had another friend uh, who's a, also a private investor encourage me to go. She's like, this is what you want to do with your, you know, post army career. Why don't you start now? I was like, yeah, why, why don't I? So I did. And, you know, Dave's been kind of like my coach going forward. And, and uh, so I, I have him to thank for, for no, even knowing about this, but I, I could have used that, you know, six year ago bump. Yeah. Um, right. I think the first time I heard about it was in Costa Rica. I oh, think, really? I think when we went to Costa Rica was the first time somebody brought it up to me because a couple of those guys in the group are doing it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And it makes sense with real estate investors big time. Oh, it's, uh, it's brilliant. It's a no brainer. Yeah, and especially no -brainer. like, I do a lot of private lending, right? Dave, you know, Dave was the guy that I first uh, gave my first private loan to when he was flipping houses a couple of years with, uh, with Steve, Pes Steven Pesavento. And had I had all of the capital that I have tied up in my TSP available to me now, things would be significantly different because as I leave the army in two years, when I retire, I hit 18 years next, next month, cash flow is going to be my main concern. Yes, I've got this, this side business going, but if I'm not able to replace all that army incomes right off the, right off the bat, I'm going to need some cash. And luckily, I've stumbled upon IBC, so I will have several hundred thousand dollars available to me upon retirement from the army that I can tap into if I have to. Right. And I mean, so now is an opportune time, right, to, to take a look at the cost-benefit analysis of taking that money out of maybe mutual funds and putting it into one of these policies and then going out and lending it at a rate that you know you're going to make. So I, it sounds like you just answered your own question because, and here's, I had a client ask me this. They said, well, I, I can take it, but should I? Because everybody knows that when you buy high and sell low, you lose money. I said, this is true. When's it coming back? I have no nobody, idea. Nobody knows, right? So for me, I'm, let's cut the line right? Stop the bleeding and recognize that the next 24 months uh, are just getting back to even, but I know I'll get back to even. And then from there on, I'm pouring gasoline on the fire, right? Because yeah. I'm just cutting my losses at this point and saying, look, I mean, the market's up about 530 points right now, right? The market just closed. So it's at 23,600, I think it was the, the peak was 28,000, 29,000. It went below 18,000. So now's a good time to kind of arbitrage probably what you made last year because last year was bananas right in the market right. so really you're not losing a bunch of money you're losing some of your free money that you gained last year yeah cut your losses exactly and then be yeah, able to great, say okay yeah, spot on if, i'm, I'm gonna be cutting your losses you may have not lost anything right because right people are comparing it to relative to the high right to where it was like right. oh man i had so much money in there and now it's down here but if they really look at it, if they've been doing this for several years and they've been getting a match from their, their company, chances are they're still above what they put in there. So they're still walking away with earning money. In yeah. There. 
my chief operating officer was a Navy guy. He came out and he rolled his TSP into a storage facility, the whole thing. And we, he always thought he was making money because he was showing the match. So he was like, man, I'm doing really well. But when we dug into it right before he rolled it, 16 years, the average was 4.25. Wow. And he was like, I thought I was making a lot more. And I was like, because it was growing because you had a match, right? So always take the match. It's free money. But is the free money worth the difference between 4 and 12% on your money? The answer is going to be no. No. Right? So you just have to look at the numbers. I'm a numbers guy. I don't want to make rational or irrational emotional decisions based on what the market does. I, if I'm going to know when I can retire, I need to know what my return is going to be. And the fact yeah. is, is in the market, you don't. And it's crazy. People are chasing a return. So they're chasing, well, I'm going to take more risk so I get to get an, an eight or 10% return instead of a six. Yet they're still paying credit card bills for 20% interest for paying a car loan for 10% interest. I mean, yeah. When we tell people what we pay them, right? When we're talking to new investors and we tell, they're like, wait, so there's less volatility. There's less risk inherently in owning a real tangible asset. And I'm still getting better yields, right? It's like people and it's don't. And secured and there's tax advantages. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, yeah, right. We won't pay federal taxes this year. Right. So it's, um, there's it, all around, right? It, this strategy can help insulate you from kind of the unknown. So yeah, I mean, this is a topic that will always take more than 20 to 25 minutes on, but when people want to reach out to you guys and kind of, I mean, what do you do for people when they reach out and they say, Hey, I'm kind of interested in learning more about this. What, what's the next step? Yeah, the next uh, step is read a book. No, I, mean, <laughs> I was going to say that. That's yeah. the thing I generally say is, are you willing to read? Cause it is, you know, it's 2020 and people don't read anymore. I, I think a lot of times. So yes, sure. you have to be willing to read and understand. I think becoming your, your own banker and James Nethery always says, is it takes three to four, several thorough readings. Um, I know it did for me and I still, I read it today and I learn things from it. Yeah, but it is, it's about you, you know, most financial institutions prey on ignorance. I won't even work with somebody until they're educated because they need to know what they're getting into and more importantly, why they're getting into it. Right. If they don't understand the why behind it, then they're not going to stay in it and it's not going to be a good, good thing for them. So sure. And once I understand it, you guys can show me some models, right? You can kind of build some, some. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, the two books I think we usually recommend are Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash or, uh, and, or The Case for IBC by Robert Murphy and Carlos Laura. Yeah, both my copies are lent out right now, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great um, books. Great, great books. Cool. And then where can people find you when they want to reach out? Uh, so they can find me at Dave at maxperformancefinancial.com. Um, I'll also have a website. I don't know if it'll be active by the time this goes live, but you know, somebody's listening on uh, the later half of 2020 or even the summer. I'll have a website by the same name, maxperformancefinancial.com. I'll put the uh, I'll put the links to all that stuff in the show notes, okay. guys. And um, and how about you, Paul? Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn at Paul Fugier. Just uh, you'll have obviously my name spelled correctly in the notes because it's French and people mess it up all the time. Uh, but that's unfortunate. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> <we>. <laughs> I'll take that as a hard no. It's a hard no. <laughs> uh, more more Spanish, I think. I lived in Texas for eleven years, so oh, you know. You can find me there at, at Paul Fugier on, on, on LinkedIn and uh, you'll see this face. Awesome. But yeah, no, this has been great.
I appreciate yeah, guys. it guys. Well, listen, I really appreciate what you're doing for clients to help them out. I hope we can drive a lot of traffic to you because now is unprecedented. That word gets thrown around a lot, but the fact that you can crack into your retirement right now and start taking control penalty free, it just makes it a real good time to explore yes. some of this right now. So Absolutely. thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Free From Wall Street podcast. Give us a like and a subscribe if you appreciate the value we're bringing to you guys. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Steve. Right. Thank you for listening. Like what you hear? Be sure to subscribe and head over to freefromwallstreet.com and sign up for our free guides to help you and your family invest with purpose.